Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman. And we're here to uh, quickly break down Indiana's 21-14 loss to Louisville on Saturday at Lucas Oil Stadium. Alex Compton and I uh, put a bow on that uh, last night and this morning on After the Dust Settles. But we wanted to get TJ's input on that game as well. And then we'll preview Indiana's next game, which is a home date against Akron on Saturday in Bloomington at 7.30 p.m. and broadcast on BTN. Uh, TJ, welcome back. Uh, Thanks for joining us. You know, tough loss on Saturday uh, to Louisville, 21-14. What are your thoughts coming out of the loss? Yeah, certainly disappointing to uh, to lose that game. Um, obviously, you know, the first half was really discouraging. I mean, it was a, a bad performance by the offense. It was a bad performance by the defense. Um, even James Evans had some struggles. Just, I mean, if you were looking for positives at halftime, you were having to search a long way to find anything. Um, you know, we talked in the pregame about the danger of Jamari Thrash and Jawar Jordan and the speed that those two possessed. And the Indiana defense did not appear to have gotten the memo and could not cover Jamari Thrash and didn't really appear all that interested in doing so. Um, now, you know, without a couple of key secondary players, mainly Nick Toomer, that hurts for sure, but still just a dreadful first half. Now, I think you also have to give credit to the coaching staff for adjustments made at halftime uh, for the effort that the team showed in the second half. Thought that there were a lot of positives to take from that. Most notably, the defensive adjustments, they really locked Louisville up in that second half. That was great to see. Aggression from Tom Allen on that onside kick, which was executed really well. So good to see from the special teams. And then offensively, you know, Taven Jackson really finding his sea legs had a great second half. Uh, I thought he made good decisions with the ball. I thought that they opened up the offense a little bit and allowed him to be a little bit aggressive down the field. Um, I think that the takeaways there is Taven Jackson much better when he is able to, uh, you know, maneuver in the pocket, but you're not going to do much with him running the football. I don't think that the option offense, which uh, I think Dexter Williams could run really well. um, I don't think that that is suiting Taven Jackson's strengths much. Uh, So we'll see how the offensive game plan progresses moving forward, because I do think throwing the ball, once he got comfortable, it it looked really good. Um, They've got to find a way to get Cam Camper more involved. But the involvement of Jalen Lucas, that was really good. You know, Jalen Lucas 
uh, was able to get touches early and often, and they continued to stick with that. And that's a threat for the defense, even if he's not hitting big home run plays. Um, overall, you, you end up very frustrated with that fourth down uh, and goal that comes up short. Really, the offensive line got pushed back by at least two yards um, on that play and was, was unable to, to do anything with it. That's frustrating. Um, but overall, I, I think you have to be encouraged by the second half and discouraged by the first half. So you're left still not knowing really where this football team stands. We talked about it prior. That it was a measuring stick game. Louisville's going to win at least eight games. They might win nine or ten. You know, and IU was right there with them and, and had every chance to, to win that game. So where does that leave you if you're an IU fan? other than frustrated that you lost another toss-up game. Um, you know, we'll get into the, the rest of the schedule at a later time, but, you know, a lot of the guy, a lot of the other teams on IU's schedule do look beatable. Uh, not Penn State and Michigan, but, you know, Maryland does not look as strong as, as we perhaps thought that they would. Michigan State looks like a disaster. They got boat raced by Washington. Um, Illinois, I don't think – their defense is nowhere near what it was last year. Uh, Purdue is one and two and did not look good against Syracuse. So, yeah, there, there's going to be some opportunities for Indiana, but do you have any faith remaining that that this particular squad and that this coaching staff can, can get the team playing a consistent 60 minutes to get there? Yeah, and you look at that schedule and you, you don't know what the end of the year brings. You, you know, you still have matchups against Michigan and Penn State which, you know, brings us to this the next game against Akron. And, you know, it's a it's a game against a MAC opponent. IU hasn't lost to a MAC team uh, since 2014, since an ill-fated uh, trip to Bowling Green. Um, they haven't played a, a MAC school since 2019. But it, it's a game that you need to win. You hope you get tested a little bit in terms of being coming out and and being ready and executing the way you want to execute, which they did not do against Louisville. Um, so you're, you're just hoping that they come out and do that against Akron, but you also want a, a comfortable win. Uh, the, this is a, a, a good team beats Akron by, by three touchdowns. Um, and it's a, it's a get right game. You, you got to get your guys healthy. Uh, you know, hopefully Nick Toomer is back. You, you hope that Matt Bedford, um, you know, gets back into the starting lineup. He came in when Max Longman went out. Uh, there was no update on Max Longman's injury, which forced Bedford to go back in against um, uh, against Louisville. So this is, you know, it's a get right game for for Indiana. And then you go, you you know, you you go to Maryland, and that's the next swing game on on our list of swing games, and and that's the one I think you have to get. Since you didn't get Louisville, you have to get you have to get Maryland before going into uh, Michigan and the the bye week, and then Michigan, and then you get Rutgers at home and and the rest of the schedule. So, you know, let, let's take a look at Akron. Uh, they're they're one and two. They lost to Kentucky last week. Uh, you know how Akron has been terrible the last basically forever. Um, 
but take us through what what should fans expect from Akron? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Joe Moorhead, head coach there, and I think that the expectation when he was hired was that Akron would at least be, you know, interesting and fun on offense. That's that's what Moorhead's known for. Uh, had really good offenses as a coordinator, uh, and while he was the head coach for Fordham, um, it was, you know, pretty, I, I thought, solid at Mississippi State. I know that uh, that didn't really fit with, with Joe Moorhead from a cultural perspective, and uh, I don't think he was willing to recruit the way that he would need to at Mississippi State, so he didn't last long there. Um, it, it's, it's, it was an interesting hire when it was made, but the thought was, well, you know, at least they're going to be fun and interesting on offense. That hasn't really been the case. Uh, now they were only two and 10 last year, but had a win expectancy that would have them winning four or five games on that schedule. So they were a little better of a team than perhaps their record indicated. And there was an expectation that they would take a jump forward this year However, that hasn't really happened. It's a very veteran team with a lot of upperclassmen on it, uh, but they have not made that jump so far, especially on offense. Uh, the offense has not been fun or interesting. They really struggle to run the ball, um, and that's, that's putting it kindly. Uh, so far, in three games, Lorenzo Lingard, uh, their leading rusher, he's got 78 yards on the season and is averaging 3.71 a carry. Uh, They've run the ball 78 times for a total of 127 yards. So that's an average of 1.63 yards per attempt. That's really bad. I mean, you you are really going to struggle to find a team that runs the ball worse than them. Now, you know, they they have played uh, a good defense in Kentucky, so that does factor into things. And yes, it's a small sample size and they definitely prefer to throw the ball, including a lot of short passes that kind of act as a running game. But uh, I, I did expect more from Akron's offense and we haven't seen it so far, particularly DJ Irons. He was a good dual threat quarterback last year. He's not really running the ball at all with any success so far this season. Uh, they lost to Temple in a close game, beat Morgan State in a close game, and then got beat by Kentucky 35-3. to um, So, you know, you're, you're looking at a game that on its on its, the face of it here, Indiana should have a, a, another good day for the defense, particularly if they play like they did against Indiana State, Ohio State in the second half of the Louisville game. Uh, you know, we've, we've got kind of three pieces of evidence so far on the IU defense. And I think that you would say two of those three pieces of evidence were very positive and a half against Louisville was very positive as well. So, you know, this will be the fourth piece of evidence and it should be one that you walk away feeling good about the defense. Again, you would think Um, not much in the way of receiving threats. Lorenzo Lingard out of the backfield, also their leading receiver. He's got 139 yards total on the year. So the offense has struggled, but I do think the defense is better uh, than, than you would expect for uh, uh, Akron. Um, you know, this is a team that, that only surrendered 35 to Kentucky, and, and Kentucky's stats really don't look that gaudy. 
for a, a team with a veteran quarterback like the Wildcats. It was played in Lexington, obviously. And they, they didn't completely blow away the Akron defense. Uh, Temple and Morgan State did not either. So um, I do think that the Akron defense will at least pre- uh, present some resistance for IU's offense and be a little bit of a good test for the Hoosiers to see if they can continue to build on what they found in the second half of that Louisville game going into the the huge clash against Maryland. Um, I think just at a 10,000-foot level, that's what you're looking for. More confidence for the defense. Show that you are the defense that we saw in every other phase of it except for that first half against Louisville. You know, continue to put up some, some good numbers on defense. Continue to build confidence there. And for the offense to keep finding, okay, what is it that Taven Jackson is most comfortable with? What is it that he does really well? And how do we maximize those things and build a consistent offense? Um, That's what IU needs to find in this game is how do you maximize what Taven Jackson does really well and minimize what he's not ready to do yet. Yeah. And it's, you got to find your groove uh, in, in this game. And that's, you know, not the matchup to watch, but that's something to watch. Can Indiana find their groove? You know, David started against Louisville. He threw, was throwing the ball high, uh, had the interception. It just didn't look in sync, uh, you know, even though IU moved the ball decently well. That's the thing. IU moved the ball decently well early against Louisville. They just stalled when they got around the 40. And that's been Indiana's, you know, kind of bugaboo on on offense is that, you know, they, they stall as soon as they cross midfield. Uh, and they only have, I think, seven or eight red zone trips on the year. Now they're seven of eight on, on you know, scoring points on them. But it's getting to the red zone. And, you know, um, TJ, I found it interesting – we don't really know what Chris Freeman's field goal range is because they haven't gotten, you know, they're either getting inside the 20 and down to the five or they're getting near the 40 and stalling and half the punt. They haven't really gotten, you know, between the 40 and the 20 to, to figure out yeah. his field goal range. Um, and it's interesting because you, you want to know, because eventually a game is going to come down to a field goal and you're going to have to figure out who's your long field goal kicker or, or is the ready to, to kick a long field goal. But, you know, I thought I thought special teams against Louisville was, was pretty good outside of a few James Evans punts that were short. Um, but, you know, the game changed on that onside kick. Indiana was kind of dead in the water at halftime. Tom Allen comes out, gets aggressive um, with the onside kick scores you get a a defensive stop you get the ball back you score again uh on a 97 yard drive and it looks like i i honestly thought we had a a michael Penix to reach 2.0 now i thought it was the correct call that he was short of the goal line but you're what 18 inches away from tying that game after being down uh 21 nothing and thanks in large parts of the formula that you know, IU had uh, in that second half a big play on special teams, a takeaway. Uh, you, you get Jalen Lucas involved. You get some of the tight ends involved. You spread out the offense, and, and that's what I want to see against Akron. Can you 
take what you had in the second half against Louisville and do it for four quarters. And I don't, you know, it, yeah, it might not be impressive against Akron, but Indiana didn't really play a full game against Indiana State either. They had that lull in the second quarter um, right before halftime, and then, you know, the first drive of the third quarter, and then they kicked it back into gear. Um, you know, as one commenter on the site, TJ said, if the Louisville game was what it cost for Taven Jackson to find his sea legs and become the quarterback he looked like in the second half, that's a fair price to pay. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and I, I think you would take that. Uh, now it, it stinks in the moment because you just, you want to win that game, but that's, that might be, he, he found it kind of like, Michael Penix against Michigan State in, in 2019, where Indiana they ended up losing by seven or whatever, nine because of a, a fumble on a kickoff. But it, it was a game where you go, okay, this offense could do stuff now. Now you're just waiting for the defense to catch up. So I, I thought that was kind of like that where, hey, the offense can kind of do something now. Um, or, or, you know, the defense is playing well and the offense is starting to catch up. And then hopefully Akron is the game that, that really gets him going and he could go into Maryland, A, healthy, and then B, in a rhythm and off of a win. Uh, TJ, India, if, if Indiana is going to win this game, what what is the, the most important thing that they need to do, you know, outside of scoring more points than Akron? Yeah, most important thing – uh, different than what we're most interested to see. So for me, the most important thing is for the offense to be efficient and take care of the ball. Uh, I think as long as IU does not make mistakes and give the Akron offense a short field um, or, you know, give them points by the offense turning it over and, you know, scoop and score or a pick six, um, as long as that doesn't occur, I, I think IU is going to win this game comfortably. Um, and, and going away. Now, if Indiana's offense does have turnovers, which have not been an issue so far, so that's good. Uh, if they don't have turnovers and they, they do take care of the ball, I think that IU is going to move the ball effectively, and I do not have much confidence in the Akron offense to be able to score much uh, against this IU defense if they have to go the full length of the field or with regular field position, you know, say at the 30, 25, 20-yard line uh, and have to go, you know, 75 yards. I don't think Akron's going to do that much against this IU defense. So, for me, that's the most important thing for Indiana to win is just take care of the football, not make mistakes, not get loose with the ball. Uh, that's the most important thing. The thing I'm most interested to see is just that, how does Taven Jackson look after that second half against Louisville is it a performance he builds on and we really start to get excited about him as a quarterback or was that second half, you know, uh, a, just a, a, a tale of him being inconsistent and streaky, which look, he's a very young quarterback. It's important for us to remember he has not had hardly any time playing at this level. Uh, so I, I think that, there does need to be a little bit of grace granted him for his mistakes, particularly early in that Louisville game of throwing high. 
being amped up. Well, yeah, I, I think that's understandable. I mean, I, I, I do. He adjusted and really performed well in the second half, and he deserves credit for that. It's not that you just, you know, shirk away all criticism and say, well, he's young. No, that, that's not the way college football works. You know, young players have to step in and perform. That's the way it is, especially when you're the starting quarterback uh, and your, your team and your program's relying on you. That pressure is there. But still, I, I do think there needs to be a bit of understanding that he's still really young, both as a person and as a player. Uh, and it is going to take some time for him to develop and grow. That's what I want to see on Saturday is that continued maturation process as a player and of the offensive system, again, to accentuate what uh, Taven Jackson does best and get a really good feel and understanding for what the offense is going to be able to do going into that Maryland game. That's what I'm most interested to see, again, against a defense that, while not great, uh, is going to provide some resistance. This is not a bad Akron defense. They're, they're at worst, I think they're an average max defense, and they might be better than that. Yeah, and, and to go along with that, I want to see, you know, Indiana was forced to take two timeouts early in the first half because the play clock's True. running down. Yeah. Can can they get the mechanics of those audibles down, and, and can he make those reads a little bit quicker, um, and things like that? And luckily, it was a first half timeout, and, and not in the second half, and things like that. And I, I was totally fine with Tom Allen taking a timeout before a big third down early in the third quarter, because if you don't get a stop there, the the, the game's over. Uh, you know, if you let Louisville go down and get to 28-7, um, the game's probably out of reach. The only timeout I really didn't like in the second half was right before the, the fourth down play. Uh, you had a, a natural timeout coming out of the review. Um, you know, the, the difference would have been, you know, either it's a touchdown, you're at the two where it was spotted, or you're at the, the half-foot line where you were. So – to not have a play call ready to go, um, regardless of what the play call ended up being. I, I thought taking that timeout kind of give gives Louisville a chance to get the, their feet back under them um, and just maybe have IU overthink uh, what what the play call they, they sent in. Uh, plus, they could have used that timeout uh, on that final drive uh, as well, but you know, that's what I want to see from IU. Can you get the game mechanics down to where you're not burning timeouts when you don't have to, uh, getting subs the substitutions you want? Uh, you know, hopefully you're not taking an onside kick against Akron, but, you know, if it's there, I wouldn't mind them them doing it. If they have an option kick like, like Kevin Wilson used to do and, and it's there, my, do it. Uh, but I also want to see Chris Freeman and Nico Radicic get some get some field goals going. Um, I, I think it, it's – you don't want the, the drives to stall, but if you could choose to say, hey, let's kick a 45-yard field goal, I, I think that they want to see that. They want to see if they could count on a kicker to make a, a game situation field goal from from 40 or beyond and, and kind of push that range. And if you miss it, hopefully it doesn't cost you much against Akron um, and it won't cost you as much against Akron as it would against Maryland or, or another Big Ten team. But that that's what I want to see. Can you 
can you for four quarters execute your game plan, not have to use, uh, you know, silly timeouts because either the play calls coming in a little late or your quarterback's not reading the defense in time and audibling late uh, and, and not making adjust, adjustments. Uh, TJ, final thoughts on, on the Akron game on Saturday. The, the one thing I'm interested to see from IU's defense is the defensive line finishing uh, plays. You know, I, they, it's difficult to get sacks against the Jeff Brom offense. I mean, they, they typically get the ball out so quick, and Jack Plummer's a veteran that really knows what he's doing, knows how to avoid pressure. And uh, I do think it's fair to point out that Andre Carter was getting held nearly every single time he attempted to pressure the quarterback. Uh, now, you know, I'm not going to bellyache about the officiating, but I think that's fair to point out as Tom Allen did after the game. But I want to see if the IU defensive line against Akron can finish uh, on some of the pressures and, and, you know, in those with sacks or forced fumbles or, you know, hitting the quarterback to make them throw a bad uh, bad pass or a pressured pass that the secondary can pick off. Uh, I am looking to see if the defense can do that and turn those pressures into actual sacks and, and stall some drives that way. Um, so that, that's kind of the final thought on that side of the ball. I do expect Indiana to, to win comfortably. What, what was the line on this game? The last I saw it was at, what, uh, 17 Seven. and a half, 18? I saw 17. Um, I'm going to kick okay. myself if I didn't take it at 17 and I went up to 18. But I saw it uh, last night at, at 17. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, if, if you are a betting individual and you feel like placing money on IU, which is always a dangerous proposition, but if you feel so inclined, I would take IU minus the points. I think Indiana is going to win this game comfortably. I think actually it's actually 16 now. Like, okay, well, that's weird. But um, perhaps I'm not correct on this, and it's always dangerous to go against uh, a spread so much. But I, I'm, I'm confident that Akron's not going to give the Hoosiers a ton of problems. Uh, I've got Indiana winning this game 38-14, to 14, so that would be a comfortable cover. And, hey, IU is 3-0 and against the spread so far this season, so I guess I'm saying it's going to go to 4-0. and Yeah, 3-0 against the spread, so I, I don't know what that means other than that some people have padded their their wallets if they bet on IU. Um, to me, I, I thought the spread would go up. I don't know why it went a full point in the other direction. Uh, hopefully it's not an injury um, or, right. or something like that because uh, that's – that's usually why these things swing a whole point is that somebody gets word of an injury. We have not heard that. Tom Allen did not address it in his press conference today. And as always is with the availability report that will be out around five 30 on Saturday, we'll see who's, who's playing. Um, you know, for, for me, Indiana has to win this game comfortably. You have the fan base is teetering, if not have fallen off the cliff to, you know, either we're not interested, prove it, you know, prove it to us and, and things like that. This is a game, Indiana, if you could cover the spread, you, you get back on track a little, a little bit and feel good about yourself that you did what you wanted to do. Um, you know, you did what was expected uh, from, from the experts. 
So I, I'm going to take Indiana 38 and Akron 10. Um, I, I don't know if they'll score. Akron will score a touchdown, but I do think Indiana will put up points. I don't think they'll go conservative on offense. I think they they found a rhythm in the second half, and they have to continue that rhythm. And in order to do that, you, you got to play four quarters against Akron. So I'm going to say Indiana 38, Akron 10. Um, you know, maybe, you know, you get the backups in and uh, they, they give up a touchdown to Akron. But this defense, they played very well in the second half. Aaron Casey made the play of the game against Louisville, blowing up two players on a on a on a reverse that somehow they don't fumble, uh, which is also Indiana's luck in, in football. But you're right. It, it's getting that defense. Can they get those sacks, those TFLs and those takeaways? Uh, that they need to set up the offense in good field position and take advantage of. Yes, I think that's uh, fair points for sure. Uh, definitely one that IU needs a big performance here to feel good about themselves going to Maryland. That's going to be a very difficult game, but an extremely important one. As we talked about all offseason, there's you know X number of matchup games, toss-up games, that number could fluctuate a little bit depending on your opinion of certain teams like Wisconsin or like Illinois. Uh, but IU is now 0-1 in those matchup games. Maryland's going to be matchup game number two. And you've got to go in there healthy and feeling good about yourself. That makes Saturday night a very important contest for the Hoosiers. Yep. And Maryland's always a, a funky game. It has been that way since 2015. Um you know, even though that game ended as a blowout, IU is down 21-3. And then you have a bunch of one-score games where a bounce here and there goes another way and, and either team could win those games. Uh, so, you know, it, it has become, I want to call it a rivalry uh, of football, but it's been a game that, you know, has been fun to watch on, on both sides. They, they've each gotten the best of each other in, in one-score games. So Saturday night against Akron is huge for – for Indiana to feel good about themselves going into um, Maryland and then the open week. If you could, you know, get some momentum before going to Michigan and, and having Rutgers at homecoming uh, on October 21st, you know, you feel differently about this season. But thanks for joining us, TJ. Uh, that does it for the podcast. You can come back to HoosierHuddle.com to read all our stuff leading into the, the Akron game. Uh, TJ, you wrote a, a great Know Your Opponent about Akron this morning. It's up on the site now. So if you want to learn a little bit more about the Zips, uh, head over to the site now. You can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. As always, we'll have all your game day coverage leading into Saturday. Indiana kicks off at 7.30 p.m. at Memorial Stadium in Bloomington on and televised on the Big Ten Network. Uh, thanks for listening, and enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.